Hey everyone, I'm Don Cameron with Price Modern and this is the Designer Studio. We are once again in our nation's capital at the beautiful downtown DC Hayworth showroom. And my guest today is Roger Solasoleil with Shape. Roger, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. Well, let's start with the name. Okay. That's a great name. Usually a normal topic of conversation. Is it? I'm ready. Let's Always. go. Well, you have a hyphen. You've got a little flair on the uh -huh. end. I mean, I actually have a couple accents on there too, but I don't put them in my name. Oh, anymore, really? So, yeah. You should, except I don't know where to find them on a keyboard. There you go. That's well, that was why yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, do okay. it. All right. <laughs> but so, what's the origin of of Sola Soleil? Sola Soleil. So my my family is from Barcelona, Spain. Okay. Right? So they're Catalan, which has sort of like French and Spanish influences to it. And so my dad, uh, my, my grandmother was Sola, and my grandfather was Soleil. Ah. So my dad decided just to make it a simpler way of, of uh, you know, a more interesting name, he put the two names together and hyphenated it. So when he came here to the United States, it became Sola Soleil. That is fantastic. Uh, but you are from D.C., born and raised, been here. Born in D.C.? Um, yeah, grew up in D.C., then in Maryland, went to school in D.C., Catholic University, and then I've been here all my life. Yeah. Uh, and, and so started your professional career here, obviously, and not too long ago, about two and a half years ago, said, I am going to start my own design firm. That's true. Yes, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity. I think it, it had gotten to a point where uh, with, my, with my previous company, you know, we were just... Um, at a point that I was ready to just try something new. So it's getting, you know, firm was getting too big. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of great things and problematic things that come with having a bigger firm. So, you know, I, I found a great team of people and we decided we'd split off and start a new firm and it's been, it's been fantastic since then. It's just been all uphill since then. And so uh, starting a business as a creative person, you have to then become a business administrator. Mm -hmm. So you either love that part of things or you rail against it as you try to just be a creative person, I would imagine. Yeah. Where do you fall in that? So I like to consider myself as being a, a creative person. Um, I think others might disagree, uh, but uh, I definitely, um, I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. You know, okay. Even when I was an architect, you know, I was, I was working on projects, I'd be doing budgets and programs all that kind of stuff, all in spreadsheets. And so for me, you know, kind of that transition into just, you know, following the finances of a company and, uh, uh, you know, understanding tasks and task management and stuff like that that we had to do kind of came naturally. Yeah, um, so that's good. I, if I've it doesn't, it can be a struggle. I, oh, I know, and I've had a great time. I really, really enjoy it. Um, Here's the thing about architecture firms. They're not the most complicated thing to run. <laughs> they really aren't. Yeah. Um, you surround yourself with really talented people, you surround yourself with a great team, um, you know, you, you give the best setting you can to your employees, you know, make them feel comfortable, safe, want to come to work, be excited about what they're doing, and it kind of takes off on its own, you know, and I just need to be there to make sure things are going in the right direction, but uh, I, I, I would owe the success of, of the company to uh, not certainly, you know, not just me, but the team that we put together, my partners, my four partners, um, as well as a terrific team of, uh, of architects and designers that we have. So it's been a lot of fun. Good. And well, interesting you say that. Sometimes the biggest challenges for 
a business owner and some things that can be stressful and, and potentially not fun are the things we can't foresee. And who knew that a respiratory virus <laughs> would shut the world down just, what, about a year and a half after starting a business? Uh, so what's the thought process, you know, back in March of, of 2020 as, as people start to leave the office yeah. uh, for, for, at the time, we didn't know for how long? I guess we still don't know. No. Um, how, how does that how does that go? It was you know it was it was interesting because you know we were coming off of I mean you know 2019 was a great year for us right we we were growing as a company we went from like six people up to about 15 16 you know here comes 2020 we're really excited the first few months are fantastic we hired a few more people we're growing we're doing great work. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic comes along and, um, you know, it was it was definitely a great lesson in 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 teamwork and resilience. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was amazing that we were already somewhat, you know, sort of hybrid in schedule and, um, you know, we gave a lot of flexibility to our team and our staff. And so what was great is, you know, people just kind of fell right into this sort of virtual world of designing. And, you know, we didn't we didn't miss a beat. You know, That's we were great. small and nimble yeah. enough that that, um, you know, we could constantly adjust. We had all the right technology in place. So we did really well. I mean, we had a great, you know, 2020. I hate to say that, but we really from from a business standpoint, we continued to grow and did really well. Um, you know, I think what we're more concerned about is what is 21, 21 right, look sure. like, right? That's sure. the thing that it's as you start looking at the year and seeing what what things are happening. Uh, how are we going to react to that and what the next step for the company is going to be? Yeah, well, that's great and refreshing to hear. Uh, and so, okay, this is the designer studio and, and you know the drill. What we do here is we ask what we call the five. It's five pretty simple questions. All right. Uh, and they're the same questions uh, for every guest. And so we start with a simple one. What's your least favorite color? Least favorite color. Uh, well, can I give you a long answer to that one? Of course. <laughs> How long? So no, yeah. I'll, keep, yeah, yeah, I'll keep it yeah. short. So I don't really, I, I have to say, I, I, I don't really have a least favorite color. I don't have a favorite color. Um, you know, to me, color is, it's emotional, right? It's like you put color in a context and that's what people react to. Um, you know, color is dependent on light and the climate and the weather outside. All those things impact color. So to me, um, you know, colors, color is something that's another design tool that you use to kind of spark emotion for the people that are in their office space. All right. Okay, so... Was that long enough? Or you that was perfect. <laughs> perfect time. Um, okay, so how about uh, material? Material. Least favorite. Material. Least favorite material. Well, as an architect, um, drywall has got to be my least favorite yeah. material because we use it all the time. And I understand why you have to use drywall. You know, it's, it's cheap. It's, it's got all the properties that you need. You know, um, you get it quickly, all those types of things. But um, I hate using it. It's just such an inflexible material. Um, I remember uh, when I was designing, back when I was truly doing a lot of design work, and I think Preeti, who's here, will probably laugh when I say I actually design things because she doesn't think I ever really designed anything. <laughs> Um, uh, I got to do this one project. It was a uh, carpet showroom. And uh, I got to design the whole project without any drywall at all. I did all, everything out of aluminum. So all the walls were built out of aluminum. All the 
shelving systems, everything was out of aluminum. And it was amazing how much it changed the design. Hmm. I could put, you know, I could put walls and partitions on wheels. I, it could be a space that an, a client could just adjust over, you know, during the day and move things around. And so, you know, through that project, I realized how inflexible drywall really is and how much I would love to just not have to work with drywall. Um, all right, so who was your greatest design influence? So my greatest design influence really wasn't a person. So it's not okay. a who, it's more of like a what or a where. Yeah. So I told you, so my, my family is from Barcelona, Spain. So I would spend, you know, growing up in a, uh, in a, in a you know, family that moved overseas and came here and went back a lot, I would spend every summer in Barcelona. And the city's amazing. It's like, you know, what, it's a city that you can walk around and you can see a building that was built in, you know, 1,500 years ago, and then you can see it right next to a building that is a super modern, you know, all glass type structure. Um, and then you add to that sort of the, the culture and the life of the city and the colors of the city. To me, that was just so inspirational. Every time I went there, you know, I learned, I, I started sketching a lot when I was little, just sketching buildings and stuff as I'd walk around the city, um, you know, and getting a sense of just the different architecture and the styles of the city. To me, it was like so inspirational. I knew I wanted to be an architect. Yeah, right? wow. I mean, by the time I was, you know, 12 years old, I was like, I definitely want to be an architect when I get older. Okay, so Barcelona. And so I wonder if the next question will land us back in Barcelona your favorite example of design or architecture? Oh, so, so many great examples. I mean, all over the world. Um, you know, I, I do have to say, probably one of my favorite experiences, my favorite buildings is in Barcelona. It's, it's a famous um, uh, cathedral that was designed mm. by Antonio Gaudí. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's called the Sagrada Familia, which, so they, they stopped building it in 1892, right? He, he he died, they stopped the construction, or probably early 1900s. And then he passed away, and so all the records of what he had designed had, um, had been destroyed in like a fire, right, during the Spanish Civil War. So they had no idea how they were gonna continue to build this cathedral. And it's pretty unique. It's Look, very unique. Yeah. So, I mean, for the longest time, since I was little and going there, it, it was just one facade and, you know, part of the structure. So I think it was probably 1990s, early maybe 1980s, they started rebuilding it again and kind of continuing with the with the plans. And it is, it's inspiring to walk inside. Mm. I mean, it really, it's like an emotional experience when you go in there. Like just this this space that is just conceived by someone. Imagine 120, yeah. 130 years ago, that can be even still today so modern and so unique. It's impressive. Yeah, great. All right, well, so if you could design anything, and it doesn't have to be uh, a building or an interior, mm -hmm. design anything at all, what would you design? Well, I'll stay on the same theme. Yep. Uh, I'll be predictable. So, um, Consistent. I'll be consistent, thank you. Um, when you walk around the streets of Barcelona, um, they're, they're very wide sidewalks, right? So you've got these really wide sidewalks. It's all about pedestrian traffic there. And, you have cafes on the sidewalks and things like that. And as you walk around, um, if you look at the, uh, the pavers on the floor, uh, on the sidewalk, um, there are many different types of pavers. And actually, Gaudí designed one that they used in some of the main streets in the city. Um, and I just thought, how cool was that, that you had something that, you know, 
thousands of people are walking on every day, are looking at every day, but maybe we're taking it for granted, right? They don't realize it, but when you walk around as like an architect or a you know, tourist there and you see these types of things, it's amazing to think the level of detail mm. that went into designing just that single like little uh, sidewalk tile. So I would love to design something like that, that really people touch thousands of yeah. times a day that has this amazing impression on the city. So that would be, I think to me would be the coolest thing to design. I feel like the next shape office is going to be the Barcelona maybe, office. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for great answers to our five. If you would like to work with Roger, it's shapedc.com with two S's. And, of course, to work with us, pricemodern.com. Visit our YouTube channel, check out our other episodes of The Designer Studio, and we'll see you back here next time.